I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. I am here talking with iLive Consulting President Martez Gerard. Martez is an author, certified speaker, and an assistant principal. Martez wrote a bestseller, SOAR, which stands for Successfully Overcoming Artificial Restrictions. Martez, again, thank you for being on the show. Tell us where to connect with you on social media and tell us about your journey to being a bestselling author and in-demand speaker. Well, good morning. I'm honored to be on your show this morning. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it, Martez Gerard. All of those different social media outlets, Martez Gerard is where you can find me. My journey to becoming an author and a speaker has been a challenging one, but it's been very rewarding. I came into becoming an author through just being obedient to my purpose and my call. For so long, I wanted to do something other than what I was destined to do. I've always known that I was an educator and a motivator and things of that nature, but that's not what I wanted to do because that wasn't glamorous. That wasn't the Hollywood dream. Mm. That wasn't, it wasn't the popular thing to do. So I tried to do what I wanted to do. And it caused me a lot of turmoil. It caused me a lot of wasted time. And once I decided to be obedient, mm -hmm. um, the work just became easy. And it was something that I, I learned to enjoy and that I, that I truly love now. And as far as speaking is concerned, I started speaking when I was actually five years old. Oh, wow. My mom entered me into my first oratorical competition when I was five. And I actually won that competition. And I competed in uh, public speaking competitions up until mm. I was like 21, I think, was the last time I did one. Yeah. So I've been groomed to be a public speaker pretty much all my life. So it was something that I necessarily didn't want to do per se, but it was the inevitable. So I'm grateful to have that experience and that the opportunity to serve. Wow. 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 So definitely didn't know that about you. You are eloquent. You know, I've gotten to know you over time, got to spend a weekend with you kind of hearing your heart and just seeing your work and your work ethic. But man, I, I didn't know you really just have been a student of using your words to help shift and change minds and lives for that long. So totally humbled that you are having this conversation with me. And I just want our listeners to engage with you, reach out to you and connect with you because I think you have so much to share. Now let's talk SOAR. Okay. One of the things that I really enjoyed, the only thing that can stop us from being great is our own perspective. Now, again, you have a gift with words. Help us grab that and make it our own. The only thing that can stop us from being great is our own perspective. Yes. For so long, I blamed other people for the things that happened in my life. And I was angry and bitter and frustrated and, and mad and spiteful and hateful. And all of those things, I chose those emotions. There wasn't something that I just had to do. I didn't have to be that way. That was the fact that in my mind, that's how I played things out. And a lot of times I had conversations in my head about people versus really having conversations with the person mm -hmm. and, and letting that person know how I was feeling or letting them know that I didn't like the way that you treated me. So instead of me having that, I just, I'm not going to talk to them. They did me wrong. They did this to me. They did that. I'm just going to hold this grudge. And that was my perspective of the conversation versus really sitting down and talking with that person and finding out their heart and finding out their intent and really finding out the meaning. I created all of that drama. Mm. I did. And it was my perspective of the situation and only seeing it from my viewpoint versus getting the entire picture. And that's what happens a lot of times in our lives is that we will stifle our growth and we'll stifle our development because we only see things from our perspective. Oh, like going up for a job interview. Oh, well, I don't meet the qualifications, so I'm not going to get that mm. job. They're not going to want to talk to me. They're not mm. going to want to interview me. But you haven't even tried. You have, that's your own perspective. 
Powerful. You haven't even given the other person the opportunity to share their thoughts and to share their feelings and to share their heart. So if we learn to get out of our own way, and if we learn to really have genuine conversations with people instead of just with ourselves, we may see a little difference in our lives. Man, I love that. I love just how clear that is. The part that really challenged me was when you said, I chose those emotions because it's so easy, Martez, as you know, to say they did X and I have the right to think Y. And when you shared about having conversations about someone internally versus just truly asking powerful truth, because if we can be humble enough to say, hey, Bernard, you said this, I took it this way. Was that what you mean? Wow, that would present some clarity. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it'll save a lot of time and energy. Oh, come on. Come on. Come on. It'll help people reconnect to their best selves. And in relationships that maybe are on the outs, talk about reconciliation and moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it's all about. Okay. Faith, family, and fellowship are themes of your life. And as I you know, studied your brand and looked at your work, that's a theme that I see flooded through all that you do. Now, why are these areas, faith, family, and fellowship, so important to you? And I'd love to hear you speak a bit on each area. Okay. Well, all three, faith, family, and fellowship, are very important aspects of my life. Uh, have they always been as important to me as they are today? I can honestly say no, they haven't. Mm. Faith has always been a part of my life. Like I often say, I did all of my sinning in church. Mm. There was never a time in my life where I was uncovered. I may have ignored or rejected the covering at times, but it was always there. Mm -hmm. I was raised by my maternal side of the family. Mm -hmm. And my mom has three sisters and uh, she has about 20 first cousins. So we have a really, really big tight knit family. and. Prayer was very, very important in our family. And that, I really believe, helped us get through a lot of tough times that we endured. We get together quite often and uh, we laugh, we joke, Mm -hmm. we sing, we enjoy each other's company. And uh, growing up, I didn't always value that time together. And I know it was because I felt like something was missing. Mm -hmm. And that missing element was the presence of my father's side of the family because. That side of my family was out of the picture for about 20 years, a little over 20 years. And I think that was a contributing factor to why I enjoy fellowshipping so much Mm. and belonging to groups and organizations. And um, as I've matured, I've found more value definitely in my faith, in my time with God, uh, with my family and with my friends. And that's mainly because they all have something that I need in order to grow and develop. Wow. Wow. I love that. Wow, 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 wow. Again, I just really enjoy just how you share. And, and, you know, you talked about the maternal side being there. I think you said 21. Was it cousins or or your mother? Those those are my mom's first cousins. Okay, wow. My grandmother's siblings, their children, Mm -hmm. like they all and they are all tight knit, like about 13 of them actually grew up, like literally grew up together. Where my grandmother would go to work. So my mom and her siblings would be at my great aunt's house. And that's mm-hmm. like 13 kids in one house. Oh, wow. She didn't work. Yeah. yeah. They are very, very, very tight knit, very close, like brothers and sisters. We're actually getting ready to celebrate my grandmother's 80th birthday. Oh, on wow. The 7th of July. Great. So everybody's coming back and it's going to be a big family reunion. Wow. Wow. Well, I'll definitely be uh, looking at your IG stories <laughs> to keep up. <laughs> um, let me just remind the listeners, I'm talking with Martez Gerard. You can follow him all over social media at Martez Gerard. That's M-A-R-T-E-Z-G-E-R-A-R-D. So follow Martez. Tell him you learned about him on the podcast and feel free to ask him uh, questions from the episode. We're about to go deep and, and I know that you'll be thoroughly you know, excited about some of the things that Martez is currently doing and much of his story will definitely apply in how you can soar in your own life. Now, Martel's personal and professional development is a major key in your life. Who would you be without that journey? <laughs> a convicted felon. Oh, wow. 
a baby's daddy, an alcoholic, you name it. I mean, personal development forces me to identify and improve areas of my life that I would otherwise ignore or sweep under the rug. Um, reading, meditating, listening to the experiences of others uh, really helped me to enhance my daily walk and strengthen my character and most importantly, my integrity. Mm. One thing that I've learned over the years is that professional development will get me the job. However, professional development coupled with personal development will help me create jobs for others. And that's the biggest thing that I want to be able to do. I've had so many goals of obtaining this and achieving this and doing this and doing that. But my main goal for this year was to become a better person. That's the main thing that I want to be is a quality human being. That's my focus right now. Man, Martez, you got to tell me when you're going super deep. Professional development, get the job. Personal development is what really helps you keep it, level up, and then both combined helps you create jobs for others. Absolutely. Stop giving me work to do, Martez. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, though. It's good. I think we all need to hear that because that's one of the reasons why we're on this journey. Huge fan and practitioner of both personal and professional development. You just took it up a notch for me, too, because while I do get to hire and partner with amazing people and companies through my business ownership, I never considered it as clearly as you just mentioned it, where if I keep developing in both areas, I will help create roles and opportunities for others. So thank you for pushing on that and sharing that message. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to switch to the lighter side of Martez. I was digging in the crates and Martez is a very accomplished. You talked about your oratory skills. You have an amazing voice as well. And thank you for sending me over that SoundCloud link. I actually listened to a few of the (laughs) tracks. And while I knew you could sing, it's a difference when you're like, wow, you're really good at it. Now, I'd love to hear about your journey to music. And then also, will you expand on your musical journey in the future? Absolutely. Like speaking, I have been singing since I could talk pretty much. I come from a musical family, like almost everybody in my family sings. So it was almost the inevitable. I grew up in the church choir, three years old, all the way through. I've been minister of music uh, Mm. at a couple of churches, currently a praise and worship leader at the church where I serve now. And it really has been a journey. Music has literally saved my life. Oh, wow. Like literally, like you said, you really did some researching and some digging uh, to find the uh, project that I, I worked on in 2012, actually, mm-hmm. entitled The Journey, Volume 1. And that was a time in my life where I was beginning to truly understand the love of God. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, I was always in church. I was there, but I wasn't necessarily present, okay. if that makes sense. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. That's and as clear as it gets. And it wasn't until around this time uh, in 2012 where I really started to get the big picture, really started to see it. And I was at a point where I was just tired of doing any and everything while claiming to love God. Mm. So on this project, I recorded covers of songs that really spoke to different phases and time periods of my life. Mm -hmm. Songs like Last Time by Trey Songs and I Have Nothing by Whitney Houston. They tell of the low points in my life where Mm. I'll... I allowed people to control my happiness and my habits. Oh, wow. Wow. And songs like You Somebody by Kings of Leon and mm-hmm. the hymn Pass Me Not tell of my desperation for Christ to give me another opportunity to do what I was called to do. Wow. And wow. it was just, I wanted to express myself in a way that wasn't just your typical, because I could have sat down and written a an essay or a, an anecdote or, or something like that yeah. uh, to explain myself. But I wanted to do it in a more artistic way. And mm-hmm. and putting those songs together in the order in which I put them really tell the story of my journey to rediscovering or actually acknowledging God in my life. So, wow. And there's also a volume two, which 
you inspired me to release and share because I've had that music. I did that music in 2013 and I just uploaded it this week to SoundCloud. Wow. It's there. So yeah. So it's there for people to check out SoundCloud. Same name, Martez Gerard. In my life, I've, I've sang a lot all over the country with some amazing, amazing artists. Um, currently, I am doing some extensive background vocal work and some lead work with Patrick Lundy and the Ministers of Music out mm-hmm. of Washington, D.C. And uh, we'll actually be in D.C. July 4th for the Capital 4th concert that they have annually. Wow. Um, it's televised by PBS. I get the opportunity this year to actually sing behind Cece Winans, which is amazing. Like, I'm so excited about that. Can't wait to meet her. So my gift literally has been making room for me. Come on, Martez. Come and bringing on. me before great men. Come and on, Martez. So I'm, I'm grateful. Okay. I was trying not to push because I, I see that you are, you know, releasing your music, releasing your gift, using your gift. And your gift, again, has placed you in so many amazing spaces. But I think you just have such a gift at communicating and bringing it an artistic but clear direction. What would the next volume sound like based on your life's journey now? And if there were maybe two or three songs you would cover on your next journey release, what would they be and why? Are you really pushing me down? What do you want me to do, Martin? Uh, <laughs> what do you want me to do? If we were to release a volume three, of the journey, I'm really trying to think. Like, you're really putting me off the spot right now. If I were <laughs> to come up, let's see. It would have to be definitely very, very inspirational. Mm-hmm. I can't necessarily put my finger on, well, you know what? I Believe I Can Fly by okay. R. Kelly would definitely be one. Okay. Because I've heard that song my whole life. Like, that song came out, I was a, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was so cliche, and it was just so, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But the lyrics to that song, I used to think that I could not go on mm-hmm. and life was nothing but an awful song. Like, that's my life. Like, I've lived that. Mm-hmm. There are miracles in life I must achieve. But first, I know it starts inside of me. Come on. I mean, hey, that is my life. <laughs> that is my life. So definitely, I believe I can fly with be on the volume three of the journey. Okay. Okay. I love it. I love it. And I'll probably be following up via... <laughs> IG message. What other song, Martels, or what original songs as well? Because I know you have that gift as well. Um, thank you for you know just opening up and sharing about your musical journey. I think for so many men and women, even our young people, they have these gifts, and putting it out to the world is so scary and daunting at times. But right. you know, when we lose young people too young, or we lose men and women to uh, suicide and other things. I wonder how many of them die with their gifts inside of them. So I think you sharing what you shared and you sharing how you use your artistry in this very unique way, I think it's going to empower so many to share and just allow their message to reach who it needs to reach and what comes from it. You know, again, you just mentioned that July 4th, you're going to be on the stage with CeCe Winans. So what can come from it is so amazing. But if you never start that journey, Life can seem like a bad song. So thank you for sharing that, Martez. Yes, sir. Thank you for pushing me to share that. So oh. now I've got to sit down and do some work. Come on. No, uh, no worries. <laughs> I can push. I can push. Um, so what I enjoy is that you have a passion for students, a passion for young people. And while many people say that, you went and trained to the highest level so that you can have access to the rooms that truly, you know, get to delegate and connect and have a major impact on our students and our young people. So why are you so passionate about empowering our young people? Where did that start? I needed empowerment when I was young. I longed for it. Adults always told me how great I was and all of these things, but they failed to tell me what I needed to work on in order to become greater. They highlighted the beauty, but they ignored the ashes. And this caused me so much mental turmoil. And I didn't want any other kid to have to go through that. I get up every day and go to work 
as a physical representation that anything is possible. I transformed chaos into credibility mm. and they can too. And that's the message that I share with my students all the time. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your current situation is like. You have to make the choice whether you're going to stay or whether you're going to go. And that that's up to you. It's not up to your parents. It's not up to your friends. It's not up to your family members. That choice is yours. Mm. What you decide to do with your life is completely up to you. And that really resonated with me. And I, and I think about it so much because for five years, I had a mentoring program called Real Boys, Real Men. And that stands for reaching, enlightening, and liberating boys while refining, enhancing, and liberating men. Mm. And the program was for boys ages eight to 12. Mm -hmm. And the premise behind it was exposing them to life outside of what they saw every day. I started it in 2010. It was my second year teaching at an elementary school. And I, I saw a need and God gave me the strength and the capacity to meet that need. And my principal at the time, he was amazing. And he empowered me to just run and go with it. And the first two years of the program pretty much funded it out of my pocket and getting, you know, contributions from friends and family and supporters and of that sort. And as people began to see the work, word began to spread about it. And that year three, we actually were awarded a grant from Jack and Jill of America, the national organization. And they actually funded the program for three years, for the next three years. Mm. And through that, I was able to raise over $30,000 to be able to take trips and give guys opportunities. They were able to see the Atlanta Opera. Mm -hmm. They were able, and of course, we're in Albany, Georgia, in Southwest Georgia. It's a pretty small area surrounded by a lot of rural areas so they don't get to see things like that mm -hmm. so to be able to see the lion king at the fox theater and and being able to uh tour georgia tech and uh that Austin state and florida a&m and all of these different places we were able to go and, and be able to meet nfl players and things of that nature so it was just an enlightening moment for these boys to be able to see that there is more to life than just my neighborhood mm -hmm. There's more to life than just hanging out in the park. There's more to life than just playing the Xbox. You know what I'm saying? And it really, it does my heart well to know that almost all of them, a group of them graduated from high school this year. And of course, I had these boys in elementary school. Mm. A group of them graduated from high school. Only one of them, and he's going to the military, but all the rest of them got full scholarships to go to college. Oh, wow. And that's just a blessing. It's amazing to be able to see that. And I'm grateful that I was obedient, for one, and that God gave me the grace and the strength to be able to pour into them. Because during that time, I was still broken myself. Mm -hmm. So the fact that God was able to cover my brokenness enough for me to be able to present some wholeness to these young men, was it was just, it blew my mind. It's phenomenal. Wow. Wow. Well, thank you again for uh, doing the work. Uh, so many people talk about it. So many people see the need and speak mm -hmm. to the need, but don't give to the need and even more of themselves to the need. And you did that and the results show. So thank you for that and, and just sharing that because I think it will help empower people to look around and see what they consider problems and be the leader who steps in and solves that problem, much like you did. So thanks again for uh, just showing us what it looks like and that in the process, no matter where you find yourself in your personal life, there is a way to lead others beyond those moments. And what a yeah. powerful story of change as we hear you know, about the graduations and how that exposure really helped shift the trajectory of their lives. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, now you are a part of the national conversation. You know, so many people have given up on the current education system and the push for private charter schools is huge. You know, I'm here in Seattle. So, you know, that's a part of the conversation all right. the time. Um, right. Take us into that. Uh, take us behind the scenes and just help us to understand and learn more from someone who actually knows what's going on. Okay. 
every child deserves a quality education. Mm -hmm. And that's what I fight to provide every day at my school. However, that's not necessarily the case in every school and in every community in our country. And parents have more power than they sometimes think. Mm. And American education is controlled by a legislature. Mm. So from state representatives to city councilmen to even your local school board members, these are the people who make the decisions for educators. So voting is the most powerful tool that parents have. Wow. If the person who is representing them is not putting education first, vote for someone who will. And attend school board meetings regularly. Make your voices heard. Anything can be changed with numbers and unity. The education system is, there are some issues there, but it's, the system itself is not the sole issue. It's really the politics surrounding the educational system that pose the most issues. Mm. And I am an advocate, a strong advocate for public education because that's how I received my education. And it really prepared me and made me who I am today. I had some amazing teachers who really poured into me, who really invested time, resources, energy, wherewithal into me. And even to this day, Anytime I see them, they are still giving me encouraging words and motivating me and telling me how proud they are of me because they saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. Mm. And they would not allow me to be subpar. They would not allow me to be average. And it was that grit and that tenacity and that love and passion for children that really helped me to develop. And it resonates in me even today because I find myself doing some of the same things that my teachers did for me, not accepting less than your best. Mm. And I think that if we want to improve our education system, running away from it is not the answer. Running to it and pushing to make it better and lending a helping hand and a listening ear versus a critical thought will help to improve what's going on. Wow. Wow. Thank you again for the insider look. I think the one thing I did not know was that schools are controlled by the legislature. But the second you said it, I saw the connections. So I think many of us need that insider view. We need to understand beyond the hot button issues that trigger our vote, how much more that vote counts when you're thinking about the future of your children's education and the children in your community's education, because many of us, we feel our children are where they need to be. Right. The one thing I always use to challenge parents is your son and daughter will have to, at some point, journey to their version of family. And if you don't empower all young people, you're shrinking the pool of amazing people that your son and daughter can connect with when it's time for them to build their families and communities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Piggyback on that a little more or to expound a little more when it comes to making decisions for funding, when it comes to making decisions on what is considered a quality education for children, those decisions are not made by educators. Mm. And it, what's very important is for parents to really take into consideration is how much funding is the government providing towards education? If you look at those numbers compared to the amount of money that goes into the prison system mm. and, and the judiciary system, you might be alarmed and surprised to say wow. the least. Oh, wow. So I'm going to push a bit without hard data. <laughs> Are you talking 10 to 1, 50 to 1? It no. depends on the state. It depends on the ah, state. Okay, okay, okay. Because there are some states that do much better than others, Massachusetts being one, mm. that they really put an emphasis on education and they have some of the top performing students in the country because of that. Wow. And I know that because that's where I got my master's degree. So wherever you put your importance, mm. And wherever you put your funding, that's mm. what's going to grow. So if you're putting your money somewhere that is not in education, you can't expect for education to outshine the area where you're putting your money. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's as clear as we can be. Yes, as clear as we can be. <laughs> Where are those elected officials that you voted for allocating funding for? Really pay attention to that as you guys learn this. Again, feel free to reach out and connect with Martez across the social sphere. Martez Gerard. Um, maybe you have some other questions or maybe you're listening to the show and you want Martez to come on your podcast or on your show to share more about his expertise. Please reach out because if we keep this conversation going, as we keep sharing this pertinent information, we can help build stronger communities by investing in our young people where it counts. It's their education. And I think, Martez, you drilled down and you made it clear for anyone listening exactly where we have the power and it's in our vote. Now, I want to talk about empowering the next generation of teachers today. Many still are wary of the profession because they're like, man, it's still underfunded. The demands of time, at times the contrast and conflict with home environments, there's so much going on in the education fair that many, the best and brightest, are just choosing to ignore this amazing opportunity to lead from the classroom. So how do we, we start to empower the next generation of teachers? Well, there are quite a few things that we can do. One major venture that my local school system and our local university, they're partnering in uh, reforming the undergraduate education program mm. and making it more relevant and current because what we've seen in years past is that students are graduating from colleges of education ill-prepared to teach students. And it's been a detriment to the system because they're using outdated material, outdated research, outdated strategies. So when the students actually become teachers, what they're using, it's not relevant. Mm. Because currently in my district, we are a one-to-one -one district where every student in our district either has a tablet or a laptop provided by the district. So books, you rarely see books in our classrooms because we're using eBooks, we're using online research, we're using articles, we're using relevant you know, materials that's current because by the time you print a book, it's already out of date. Mm. The information is already old by the time you print it. So being able to stay current and to move forward in the way that our 21st century society is progressing, we've got to step our game up. And that's one thing that the partnership between my local district and our university, they really listened and they're really working together now and it's a beautiful thing and that would be great that would be ideal for everybody to do it but i know that that's not necessarily the case in every space and in every situation but what we can do as educators we have to make an investment we have to make an investment into our future educators we've got to take time with them sit down and have real candid conversations with them especially during their student teaching time. I know at one point, our teacher candidates, they would only student teach for a semester. So they either got to see the beginning of the year, or they got to see the end of the year, mm. which put them at a disadvantage because by the time whatever they didn't get to see, by the time they experienced it, their first time seeing it will be them actually doing it and being responsible for it. So they did allow now our student teaching is a full year. They get the fall semester and the spring semester, which is really beneficial. But during that time, we've got to provide them with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times I've noticed, even as a mentor teacher, I sometimes shielded my student teachers from the ugly truth. Wow. So they really didn't get to see the whole picture. So what they saw was a false reality. So they saw these flowers and the cherries and all this beautiful stuff. And so when it came time for them to be challenged, they didn't know how to respond. And that was my fault as a mentor because mm -hmm. I didn't prepare them for that. And I think education is, is a calling, like it's a calling for those who are passionate about the growth and development of children. And sometimes people look at it as a plan B mm -hmm. or backup or they just fall into education. And that's a detriment to our children because education is definitely not the field 
in which to simply draw a check because the check is not as lucrative as uh, make it play. play. So that, it's just not a place to just come and clock in and get a check. This is not that. Right. You have to be called. You really have to have that innate ability to reach people. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes mislead people into thinking that they're educators. As leaders, we sometimes mislead people yeah. into thinking that they're educators simply because we have a need. If I have mm-hmm. a classroom that needs a teacher, I just need to get a body in here. So let me tell you, oh, yeah, you can do it. I'll help you. And we set people up for failure. We set people up for failure. So if we can truly fill our schools with those who are called to this profession, mm-hmm. we can see some major changes in our educational system. And that's including teachers and administrators. Yeah. Because there are even some administrators who are just in it for the money, which is, is horrible. And I don't care if that steps on somebody's toes, if it does good, because we need people in our schools who are there for the children. Yeah. We need people who are going to be advocates for our children, who are going to fight for their best interests. Because during these years of K-12 education, that's when children develop who they are. Mm. And we have the power to either speak life or death into them in their formative years. Wow. And children remember everything that their teachers say to them, no matter how old they get. They still remember what teachers said and they remember how they made them feel. Yeah. And so it's very important that we take our job seriously and that we don't just look at it as something to do or as a mean to an end. It is more than that. Because we are molding, literally molding lives like clay in our hands. That's what we're doing for our students. And if we don't take it that seriously, and if we don't see it that way, we're doing a disservice to our community. Yeah, I can't follow that up with anything, Martez. You uh, shared your heart there. And I think that our administrators, our educators, our teachers, our leaders, as we start to rethink and reimagine how to continue to reach the next generation of leaders, we'll see that the bar to entry has to continuously be raised. And I think you've made such strong and valid points on how so many people miss that the calling to lead as a teacher is one of, if not the most impactful calling on a young person's life. And I love how you reminded us that one, our children remember, and then two, you're helping shape identity, which is leading to destiny. So I really, really challenge all our listeners, even if what Martez said, challenge you to either step your game up in the classroom or get out. I think it was necessary that you share because you get to see this every day. You get to build and, and legislate and advocate every day. And without your message, many can get complacent. And because we don't manage our school systems the way a business would manage a business and really check in the, against the metrics in a clearly defined way. I think at times the complacency and vigilance of our educators, for some, starts to wane. Yeah. Hey, Bernard, you, you touch it on something right there for real. Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. And we have this conversation often at my school about our school being a business and comparing our productivity to the productivity of maybe a manufacturing company. Mm. If the output, if at the end of the day, let's say you're making paper towels, if at the end of the day, you're supposed to have 100 boxes of paper towels and you only have 34, your productivity is way down. Mm. And if you continuously do that, over time, you're not going to have a job anymore. Mm. Education is the only place where we can underperform and still get paid. That's the only place Mm. where we can do that. And so just really being able to shift that mindset as to if I have 25 kids and only 10 of mine are reading on grade level, I've underperformed Mm. and I've done a disservice to our children and it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah. So really being able to take that business mindset and even with customer service at our school, customer service is number one. Come on. And I think that's why we have probably the highest parental involvement numbers um, because 
we create an environment and an atmosphere that people want to come to the school. Mm. We are so like one of the major things that we do every single morning is we have a team outside of the school that welcome the kids, get the kids out of the car, open car doors, walk them in, greet them with a smile. And that's how we start our day every day. And we do the same thing in the afternoon, putting them back into the car mm. and, them, and just really providing that customer service. So we're able to build rapport with our parents as well as our students. Wow. So they know that we actually care. You have to be business minded as an educator, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You just took something to a new level. I've never heard an educator and an administrator speak about the customer service part of the uh, school system. Man, I think that's a workshop webinar series that you can empower <laughs> schools with. Test. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, so educators, parents, if you're listening to this, connect with Martez. I mean, he doesn't just think and talk. Trust me on that. He executes. He pushes the boundaries. And what I want to highlight is in your program, you mentioned the program that because of the excellence and service and standards, you were able to be funded for the next three years. And then you talked yeah. about the metrics, how not only did we stay connected and in connection, I can tell you where each of these students went. Mm -hmm. Powerful stuff, Martez. And I think many don't understand that if you just shift some small things in mindset and how you do the business and care of education, the results will speak for itself. And many of those students will go on to be the ones who come back and either fund different programs at the school or participate at the teacher administrator level in future school systems and school districts. Absolutely. All right, Martez. Now on your website, martezgerard.com. So again, follow Martez on IG. It's M-A-R-T-E-Z-G-E-R-A-R-D. Connect with him. Keep the conversation going. So Martez, on your website, martezgerard.com, you state that you are a first-generation college graduate. Take us back to that moment and the pressure. And what did that moment mean to you and your family? And you know what? I really didn't, I guess, internalize the impact of that accomplishment until years later because growing up that's what i knew to do was to achieve because my mother really stressed education and she really pushed me to perform so it wasn't anything that was abnormal i guess it was the norm for me and what was the beautiful part about it is that my mom actually went back to school when i was maybe nine or 10. So we were in school together for a little while. So that really pushed me to really excel and to do my best. And it pushed her to do her best as well. So when I graduated from college, I was like, okay, this is what I was supposed to do. But to look around and really pay attention to other family members and things of that nature, it was like, oh, wow, I did. I really was the first one to have this accomplishment and they were just so proud and they were just so loving and so encouraging and so supportive and even to this day I have seven first cousins and all of them like they really push me and root for me and like challenge me to be better and that's one of the major reasons why I keep going and I didn't just stop at the bachelor's I went on and got the master's and went on and got a specialist and maybe a year or two I'll start working on my PhD, but they have been extremely supportive and I'm proud and I'm honored to be the one to lead that path, to lead that path for the next generation of our family. Because wow. now my second cousins, they're all going to college and mm -hmm. they're, they're all doing all these amazing things. Uh, we have some nurses already and people just really, I mean, because they've seen it, because mm -hmm. they see the example. And I think it's just a beautiful thing. It's just a blessing to be used in that way. Mm -hmm. um, even though I didn't really know while I was doing it, I wasn't focused on that. That wasn't the driving force for me. The driving force for me was to be my best self mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and to put my best foot forward. And in turn, me doing my best inspired other people to do theirs. Wow. Simple, but transformational. I really appreciate that. Now, how do our listeners? How did those people who 
you know, enjoy the show, enjoy the dialogue, but want to go further, want to do more. How do they help you ensure that more young men and women get to experience that college, that university career? Connect with me, definitely. Connect with me. I um, actually started a, a new initiative called Kingly Conversations. And what we're doing is we're just engaging men and empowering men to have those tough conversations and to really put some work behind it. Because we see the problems, we identify the problems, we have solutions and we brainstorm and we say we should do this and should do that, but we've got to start putting the work behind it. And that's my new initiative is really bringing men together and people in general, it doesn't just have to be men, but to really start having some conversations and putting some work in our community. And one of the major projects that we're doing through this is to raise funds to help some kids financially go to college. Because yes, we can expose them to it. Yes, we can help them fill out applications. Yes, we can prep them for the ACT, the SAT, but it still takes money mm -hmm. to do those things. That's one thing that we're, we're doing throughout the year is, like I said, we have I Live Consulting, which is my company, but we just launched, we did a soft launch of I Live to Give, mm. which is our charitable arm. So that's where we'll start raising those funds and raising the awareness to help. And what we're doing is partnering with organizations that are already established, because my heart is to work together to help people who are already doing good to do better. Yeah. So all the funds that we raise through I Live to Give will go to organizations that are already established and are already helping young people to allow them to do more and to have bigger impact. And I think that if more people would band together and have a united front, we can definitely cover more ground and we could help a lot more people because we have so many people that are, you know, I have this little fund over here and I have this little fund over here because I want my name to be on. Mm. And it's not about that. It's not about that. If we will really come together and work together and form a united front, we could make a huge difference in the lives of our children. Powerful, powerful. Unite, connect, and vision, but most importantly, execute. I love it. Love it. Now, what is next for you, Martez? We know that volume three is on its way of the journey at some point. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to let you get away from it. <laughs> um, and you know, as you talk about what's next for you, um, you, you talked about what you're doing for others, but this is more about just you. What keeps you grounded as you pursue your best life? The fact that there is so much left for me to experience, so much left for me to accomplish, that it keeps me with my bootstrap tight and really working hard at really tapping into that greatness because there's so much that I don't know. Mm. And I understand that. And because I understand that, it keeps me as a student mm. and it keeps me hungry, wanting to keep grinding, wanting to keep going because I want to know. Because the more that I know, the better of a person I become. Yeah. And I'm learning that arrogance and ego and pride, all of that is a huge hindrance to growth and self development. I am quick to ask a question. I'm quick to seek understanding because that's how I get better. Because if I can only work from my vantage point and my own perspective, I'll be limited to a box. Yeah. And I, that's not where I want to be. So knowing that there's so much out there that I haven't seen, there's so much out there that I haven't experienced, it makes me work on my personal development so that I can tap into those things. Yeah. Because that's really where it lies because I can learn how to do anything. Uh, you have YouTube, you have Google, you have, you can learn how to do anything, but you can't necessarily learn how to be a good person. You have to practice that. <laughs> and one of my newest discoveries, and this came out in an interview a few months ago, is that practice makes profit. It does. The more you practice, the more profitable you become. And that's not necessarily relating to money. It can relate to money, but profit in your life, mm. profit in your family, mm. profit in your experiences. The more you practice, the more you become. Because if I want to be a nice person, 
I have to practice that. I have to practice those acts every day. I have to practice opening doors for people. I have to practice smiling every day yeah. in order for that to become a part of my life. And the more that I practice it, it becomes a part of me and I become a better person and I profit from that. So being able to put that into action is what's important to me. <laughs> Man, Martez, you spoiled my next question. I can't ask for words of wisdom after that. <laughs> I appreciate it though. I can't, I can't, I can't follow that up. Martez, that was uh, inspirational. It was a challenge um, for me as well. I just want to you know, take some time to, again, thank you for being on the show. Follow Martez on Instagram, Martez Gerard. Go over to his website, pick up a copy of his best-selling book. You can do that on all platforms that are out there. Martez, wow, man, thank you. Thank you for just all that you shared, you know, as I get to know you. I'm blown away by the journey and the humility and the humility of the journey. You've really accomplished some very amazing life altering and changing things, not just for yourself, but for others. But your humility, man, that's the one thing I'm like basking in right now. So thank you for that aspect of your character and personality as well. That comes from practice. Again, I hate to keep jumping in, but and it's so funny because and I'm going to send you a picture of my senior yearbook, the quote under my senior picture says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. <sighs> and that was since I was 17, 18 years old. Oh, wow. So I'm going to send you that picture too, because that quote has shaped my life. I literally learned it and I had to say it over and over until it became a part of who I am. Once again, that practice makes profit. Wow. evidence right there so yeah wow 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 yeah a mic drop <laughs> moment if i ever heard one in my life martez man blown away blown away thank you for being on the show feel free to uh, close us out with how to connect with you or anything else you want to share definitely uh martez gerard m-a-r-t-e-z-g-e-r-a-r-d and that's on facebook that's on twitter that's on instagram my website, martezgerard.com. My email address is martezgerard at gmail.com. So I tried to make everything very simple. Even SoundCloud, if you search for Martez Gerard, it'll come up. YouTube, all of those social media outlets. And I just want to encourage everyone to look within first. When we look to solving the problems of the world, if we can solve the issues of our heart, of our own mind, mm. of our own spirit, that's the first step to changing the world. So look inwardly, and that inward look will express itself outwardly. Ah, man, I love it. Love it. Martez Gerard, author of Soar. Pick up a copy. Thank you, Martez. Yes. Appreciate it, brother. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. What a powerful conversation. Thank you again. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.